Hello, 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 you beautiful, gorgeous, sexy, vibrant, radiant human. So excited that you are here. I just wanted to hop in here quickly because the episode that you're about to listen to is, first of all, a fucking banger, and second of all, recorded about a month ago, I believe, and you know me being me and me sometimes being absolutely not structured whatsoever and just living my life lying naked in the pool or on my fucking flamingo in the pool and just tanning and doing more tanning and going out for beautiful dinners and just living life sometimes means that work things just get a little bit all over the place (laughs) and that's okay and there's a little lesson in that for you because remember why you're building the business that you're building, why you're doing all the things that you're doing. And if you're anything like me, you're doing it for the freedom. You're doing it for the life that you want to live. So remember in all the business things that you're doing, that you have a life and that life wants to be enjoyed. And yeah, I just been enjoying that beautiful (laughs) life. And at one point I was like, oh wait, there's a podcast episode. And then that happened approximately six times that I was like, fuck, we still have that podcast episode. And I really want people to hear it because it's so good. And we got Amy and all the things. But um, yeah, that happened. Just want to be really real and transparent here. And maybe this will help you to also not feel so bad about certain things that you're not doing or you feel like you got to rush but actually you know there's also other things you want to experience and enjoy you know take your fucking goals seriously you know I always say this but at the same time remember what your goals even really are behind all the things that you think you should be doing so yeah the podcast episode is around a month old so please don't get confused I'm going to be talking a little bit about Feminine Fortune the program that I was launching at the time that we recorded this Feminine Fortune is not launching anymore. A Feminine Fortune, my money program, my sales program, it is currently closed for enrollment. But if you like what you're hearing about the program, I mean, there's not a lot of talk about the program, but I just mentioned it here and there. If you are interested in that program and, you know, you want to just be the first to know when we open enrollment for the next time, you can get yourself on the waitlist. There is usually something nice if you're on the waitlist, if you get first access, there's always some special kind of bonus. So if you want to be the first to know when Feminine Fortune opens again, click the link in the show notes and put your name on that beautiful, delicious waitlist, get your name on there. And yeah, that was more than enough talking. I just wanted to make it a minute and we're like three minutes in, but here we are. This episode is so freaking yummy. I know you're going to love it. So gift yourself with that hour and just take it all in. And remember, repetition is key. So if you want to listen again and again and again and again, feel very welcome to do so. But yeah, for now, Welcome back to the podcast. So excited that you're here. Enjoy this beautiful episode, my love. Hello and welcome to the Wild Sexy Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Christina, and this podcast is your space to remember who the fuck you are and to claim all the abundance you know you're here for. 
Each episode will help you calibrate living your most sensual, pleasure-filled life while growing a business that has you dripping in orgasmic ecstasy. All right, so I welcome you back to the wild, sexy, abundant podcast, and I feel like I can never say <laughs> the name of the podcast without making a little bit of a dance move. And I feel like today we have a guest that could also be the host of the Wild Sexy Abundant podcast, because for me, she's all of that as well. She is someone you may already know, and you, well, you definitely already know by the title who it is, but I'm so excited to share with you a conversation with my former one-on-one mentor. And I would still say kind of mentor because you still inspire me every day. And yeah, this is Amy Rushworth on the Wild Sexy Abundant Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Wild Sexy Abundance used to be like part of my business tagline, like formally. So really, yeah, yeah, it was like one of the things in my, you know, like elevator pitch, but in a in a past version of me. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm I guess this will be forever me. I felt like when I picked that podcast name, I was like, I change my mind all the time, but I feel like that is actually something I could possibly like for more than a year. So knock on wood, let's hope for the best. (laughs) But yeah, so excited to have you here. And I know when I messaged you about doing this, I was just thinking that I feel like so many of my people, but also potentially your people would love to just get to know you better and get to know the behind the scenes of your business better. And I felt like because I've worked with you, actually, you really do things so differently. And I still remember like one of the main things I took away from our one-on-one, and I think I wrote you this was like, I was like blown away by how lean back you were, not just like in the sales process, but also in our calls. Actually, I was like, this woman, like sometimes I was like, can you ask me something now? I have to like, think about what I actually have to share, but it taught me so much about like actually doing business in a very leaned back way. And that not just being like a pretty shell that we use to like sell to people or anything like that. And I feel like you are truly the embodiment of, of what you teach and you've built a seven figure business along the way. And I would love to hear, like, what do you feel has brought you there? And I know this is a really big question, but just like, what comes to your mind? Mm, Yeah. So I just had this really interesting moment earlier. I was reading over a book proposal that I wrote. I must've written it in 2018 or maybe 2019, I was looking at it because I was sending it to one of my clients to show her how to like put it together. And in your book proposal, you write, you know, about yourself, who you are, like your audience, your email list, how you're going to promote the book. And I was like reading this baby version of me writing this. And I was like, she is such a badass. Like, look at her putting herself forward with like, I had way less followers than I had, you know, um, a really small email list compared to now, but I was just like going for it. And so fierce and confident and dedicated. And so for me, like that fierceness, that dedication to my vision, 
it comes from that lent back relaxed place but i know what i want i go for what i want but i don't freak out or force what i want so it's like i take action i put myself forward i'm willing to go first but i'm not here to micromanage the how and it's the same with my clients so I don't like to have relationships with my clients where it's like, well, here's how I became a seven-figure successful woman. So I'm going to teach you the exact way that I did it. I have in the back of my mind and in my back pocket, like many ways and many strategies, many approaches to success. But I want to hear from my client, what's their way? What are they moving through? And help them to come to some of those answers on their own. And then I'm just using my mentorship and what I know from experience to support that vision versus like inserting that vision from the beginning. And I think if if I circle back to all my original coaching certifications, this is actually your role as a coach. And it can sometimes get conflated because you might be a coach, but you might also be like a business mentor such as I am, you know, and so I think it's important to know when to give advice versus when to lean back and let your clients empower themselves and then give them advice, you know, if they ask for it. And I usually do that. I'm sure I did that with you. When someone brings something to me, I hold myself for a moment and then I ask them, well, what do you want from me right now? Yeah. Do you you want a story? Do you want advice? Do you want a powerful question? Because I don't assume to know everything. And I don't assume myself to be the expert on anyone else's life, but I can offer my wisdom when I'm being invited to. Yeah, I love that. And that's like exactly the vibe. And I think that was so like mind blowing to me in a way, because I could feel that moment in you where it's like, well, now you, you listeners can't see it, (laughs) but like (laughs) leaning back and just taking a deep breath of like, Okay. And like, I remember exactly, like you said, where where you were always asking, so what it is, like, what is it? Is there a question? Like, do you want guidance around this? I was like, yeah, let me actually think about it. (laughs) You know, what do I actually want? And that really, really obviously called me into my own leadership to actually, instead of just like, here's my stuff. Now, Amy, tell me what to do, but being like, okay, so that's the element that I'm actually seeking guidance around that's the element where I'm maybe a bit uncertain etc cetera, etc cetera. and I love that so much and I think yeah like I said it was really inspiring to be in that room and to see you don't just do it in the sales process but like you actually keep it going as well um and yeah like what another thing that I was wondering in terms of that because you said you really feel like you also grew that seven-figure business because of this leaning back energy how did you get there? I mean, I'm sure like so many people, and I know this from, from my community as well. So many people are like, yes, I love that. But like, oh, you know, they're still trying to micromanage everything. So how did you get to the place where it is actually like possible and enjoyable for you to be in that lean back state? Yeah. So really early on in my journey, I made this promise to myself that I wasn't going to do anything that felt out of integrity for me. And I just decided if, if there's a way that I can do things that feels really good, 
it feels really in alignment with my personality, my spirit, my soul, what feels right for me, then I will be successful if I'm persistent with that. And if I trust that, I'm sorry for your listeners, if you guys can hear this crazy, like vibrating sound in the background, it's, uh, I live in Spain and they do what they want next door. So Uh, but basically I made that commitment really early on and I just kept like anchoring into that belief. And I think that's a really, uh, important thing that I did because you can get so distracted by different strategies. And I think we all get a voice in our head where we can compare like, oh, this worked for her. Maybe I should do it, even though it doesn't feel totally right. Cause maybe that's the only way. And I just kept coming back to this idea that like, if it feels good for me, it will feel good for my clients. If it feels good for me to do it this way, if I'm consistent, persistent, I stand by this, this will be my way. And I think that's kind of revolutionary because there's a lot of people in the industry who say like, this is the way, this is the only way. And I think really, there are so many ways to be successful. There are people who are really successful using strategies that I would never for the life of me, like touch with a 10 foot pole, but it works for them and their clients probably enjoy it, right? But for me, it's like, if it feels good for me, if I want to be on the receiving end of that kind of sales process, that kind of piece of content, whatever it may be, then I follow it. And I think it really became crystal clear that I was onto something good when I started exploring my human design many years ago. And I'm a projector, but I'm also a rare kind of projector. I'm a mental projector, which is like 2% of the population. And so we do things really differently. We see the world really differently. And part of being a projector is that you wait for the invitation. Another part of being a projector is that your, uh, your alignment is success. Your misalignment is bitterness. So I got really like clear that whenever I was trying something, it didn't work. Then I was feeling bitter. It was like, oh, okay, you kind of were trying to do what someone else is doing. Okay, let's come back to your path, your alignment. Um, And that's also one of the other reasons that I'm very led back in the sales process, because it's like, I wait to be invited. I wait for my clients to come in the DMs and find me. I don't even have a one-on-one page on my website. There's no like contact form. There's no application anymore it's like the women literally come and pursue me in the dms and then i very much have an attitude of like i don't need anyone to validate me i'll work with you if you want to work with me if we feel like we're a match and that's the way that i like to be successful and to sign my clients and that feels really good for me so that's just the way that i roll yeah i love it and i think oh I had so many thoughts while you were speaking. Like first thought I actually had this morning under the shower where I have lots of good thoughts usually. And I've spoken about this before, I think, but like, I feel like, and I'm going to say this in quotation marks, successful women, financially successful women. And again, everything quotation marks, what they have is this attitude exactly like you described of like, I really don't need you to come like, if you join my world and you're ready to join the party, like my party and my way, again, in quotation marks, awesome, let's do it. But it's almost more, and that was the, the sentence that came to my mind this morning, it's almost more of like, you get to have the honor of coming into my space, not from an arrogant place, but just like, 
we don't try to get clients. It's like also the clients get us, you know, like the shift in attitude where it's never about like this person is better than the other, but it's just like the attitude of people want to work with me and they get to, but it's not this, I get them as a client. Thank motherfucking God. You know what I mean? It's like such a different vibe. Yeah, totally. You know, I put trust in my soulmate clients or my future clients. So I trust that they are self-leading, mature, emotionally intelligent women. They're going to come and find me. If the price is too high for them, they're going to reply and let me know. They're not going to like be scared and run away and avoid me, you know, and from that trust is like, I don't need to put pressure on them and I don't need to put pressure on myself. It's like, if we're a vibe, we're going to vibe. It's going to happen smoothly. If it's a no right now, it might be a yes later, but I don't need to chase you for it. I fully trust you to know what you want because that's how I buy. That's how I invest. I know what I want and I go for it. And I see my clients as being on that same wavelength. And so I trust that if they are, that it will flow and it will just happen really easily. Yeah, totally, totally feel you on that. And that was actually the other thing I was thinking about. And I was thinking about it again, that first of all, I always say a good rule of thumb is like, I always said this thing of consult with yourself. You can always, always, always just ask yourself, would this resonate with me? Is this a way that I I would like to be approached in the DMs, etc.? Because I think, especially as women, but actually I don't think we're giving men enough credit for their intuition as well. But like, especially as women, we feel the energy of the person approaching us. And I think we've all been on the receiving end of like someone just asking questions to keep the conversation going, which... I think feels pretty uncomfortable for everyone. So I think with everything, with the DMs, with the content, with everything, we can always just ask like, what do I like? What would I, you know, what would I enjoy as you were saying? Yeah, I mean, different things resonate and work for different people. I have girlfriends of mine who are multi-million dollar business owners and they have a lot of success having a team that does like a sell-by chat for them so they do have those conversations and they do sometimes have not completely cold outreach but where you know they're engaging with the audience starting a conversation it's got a kind of not a script but like a general structure and it works really well and their clients obviously like it and they buy and that's authentic for them For me, it has just never felt right. And I get a lot of satisfaction through having those kinds of conversations. I mean, who knows where that'll be in the future. Maybe if I end up, you know, having millions of people in the community. But for me, it's always just felt really good to be the one behind you know, the driver's seat of my social media and knowing the people who are in my audience, knowing the people who are coming into the programs. And I think that that is felt and I get a lot of repeat clients. So I'm actually looking at bringing in a reward system now because I just have so many clients who end up coming into program after program because they love the spaces so much and they feel the care and they feel like I see them and I know them because I take a lot of time and an effort to really know people who I'm talking to or working with. And I think that that's 
something that the coaching industry especially could use a little bit more of like not just how do we get the next sale, get the next client, but how do we nurture the people who are already in our community? How do we nurture the clients we already have? How do we make them feel special? How do we make them feel seen like they're not just another number? And that's something that's really important to me. And I think that also makes the selling effortless because people talk about it. Like people are having conversations in rooms that I'm not in about the way that they're treated and the way that they felt. And I also like to think about if I'm selling or if I'm having a conversation with someone about potentially working together, I want them to feel inspired and respected no matter what the answer is. So even if it's like not right now, there's no... um, weird energy there it's like they feel excited even if they're not going to work with me at that point and that's something that I feel really proud of and I think like again that adds to the sales magic that goes on yeah totally feel that and I think that's that's definitely something that comes to my mind whenever I think about you I think you sell like in such an empowered way but also in such an empowering way that truly like even, well, I've obviously been in your DMs and all all the things, but I could imagine like, even when you are thinking to approach this big coach or whatever, like, I really feel like you have this aura of like, it's totally going to be fine. Like 1000% if you end up, you know, actually anything, I feel like, of course you, you don't want the ghosting. You don't love the ghosting, but even, I feel like with you, even that will be all right if this is the truth for someone right now. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, totally. I I don't feel good putting pressure on someone, you know? And as for my marketing and the way that I sell my offerings to my online community, I feel like you can you can get people to buy things from their trauma response or you can speak to the part of them that already has what they want. You can speak to the DP the, the deepest, most empowered part of them. Uh, and I always check in with myself when I'm launching something or when I'm creating content and I just check, you know, has this come from my like purest, most empowered channel? Or is this coming from like a part of me that needs cleaning up or a part of my own scarcity? Or is this like speaking to someone and trying to like poke them in the part that hurts? And I don't like to sell and market that way. And so I just hold that standard for myself. And I trust, just like I was saying earlier in the show, like if it feels good for me and I'm consistent and dedicated with that, that will be the way that I'm successful. Um, But I think sometimes people like, try doing it this way or try being more lean back they don't get an instant result so then they try something else and they try something else and then nothing kind of sticks it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall but it's like if you find the way that feels really good for you yes refine it with what you learn from mentors or masterminds or wherever else you're learning about business but like keep doing the same thing that feels good for you make it your thing your way And then you're going to start to get traction. And that's what I found um, in my business trajectory is like the more and more that I honored the specific way that I like to do biz and marketing and sales, 
it kind of like had this compound effect and then eventually like I had this huge takeoff in the business. So yeah. Yeah. Totally feeling that. And I think the compound effect is actually in terms of business, like such an undervalued thing, because I totally like feel you on the, we try one thing and then that doesn't work immediately or like not in the exact ways, right. We still like to micromanage way too many times, like in the exact way, we were hoping it would work. And then we go try this other thing. And I've actually had quite a lot of thoughts on this not too long ago, because there was one mentor of mine who always said like, you shouldn't be mentor hopping. And I was always like, honestly, I disagree. I think you should book whoever the fuck you want, whenever the fuck you want. And that's awesome. And I still stand with that in a way. But at the same time, I feel like there is a beauty in consistency of course you're gonna feel maybe you know this person isn't alignment anymore or anything like that but it's like I think oftentimes we book new mentors from this energy of I want to try something new but not from this genuine curiosity of trying but more of like oh maybe they hold the secret key you know they hold <laughs> the sacred uh, the sacred codes that I need etc cetera, etc cetera, where it's just like it's actually not coming from a place of abundance and mm, I'm treating myself with this other room, but it's this constant hunt of like, oh, this was good for that. But like, I'm not a millionaire yet. <laughs> so I'm going to go and do this other room now and see what's in there. And I think it's kind of the same thing where like, maybe you don't get the instant blow up, let's say, which I think is a questionable concept in itself, but whatever. But like, there is a beauty in continuously doing what you feel is right. Like you said in the beginning of just that following that inner knowing and checking in, but that does feel good for me. So I'm going to keep doing it. And I think that's where as women and like humanity actually are invited to lean deeper into of like, if it feels like this could actually work out, or I feel like this is my way to pursue it further than like the first two meters. <laughs> mm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I love to play with different, you know, healing modalities. I like to be in different spaces, but uh, where I really saw my business take off um, in a sort of pretty profound way was when I was in a very intimate mastermind space with my previous coach for like 11 months. And I think it's very interesting, the journey that you go on when you're with someone for a longer period of time. Like I would say even three months is quite a short period of time to work with someone, even though you might get quite a lot done and have some breakthroughs because there's going to be so many different like interesting things that come up in a longer term journey. Like there's going to be moments where you feel like you don't need your coach anymore. Not that we ever need them, but it's like that attitude of like, I'm done here. Like, I don't think you have anything new to offer me. (laughs) And then, and then you realize like, Oh no, I actually really need you the next week because I like, I need your reflection right now with what I'm going through. Um, And so, yeah, I think this is, kind of like an edge that maybe we get to look at in the world that we're in and the coaching community where we're looking for these 
quick fixes or we're looking for these huge quantum breakthrough explosive moments in our healing journey and that's one of the things that breathwork has really taught me actually because I'm a facilitator and I love it it's in most of my programs and the kind of breathwork that I do is different to a lot of the other more popular modalities and what I find is that it's a little bit more gentle than some of the modalities but over a period of time you can go probably even deeper but I think a lot of people get fixated on that having that like explosive breathwork experience and it's like sometimes that's actually just activating your trauma you know and oh my it, God, it feels yeah. amazing because it felt so strong but I think that's where our discernment comes in and if we extrapolate this and think about business it's like where are you looking for those peak highs and those peak experiences and actually how do you create some groundedness how do you create stability how do you create a really solid foundation for your journey and for your business so that you're not just building this house of cards that's based on shiny objects Mm -hmm. totally and I remember it's funny that you say that I remember because you know, I did the, the breathwork facilitator training as well. And I remember sitting in one of the training sessions, like it was more in the beginning. And I asked the, the teacher, the facilitator, I was like, I was wondering if like I was thinking during breathwork or if I was like tapped into the breathwork, you know, because I was like, it still kind of felt like thinking, but also it felt pretty life changing. But I, I was holding and like I had done breath work before, but now that I was going deeper into it, I held that exact same expectation of like, shouldn't I be like rolling over the floor, like bawling my eyes out or having orgasms or whatever, like otherwise I'm doing it wrong. And I think this doing it wrong thing is like such a thing in society, which again, if we don't see the exact thing we think we should be seeing, we're like, something must be wrong. And I think it's like, say, actually, and I feel that for you and me really, really deeply, we don't have this, these crazy peaks of like, oh my God, I just made this much money. I just did this or whatever it is, which there's nothing wrong with it. But I feel like it doesn't necessarily feed the overall groundedness that actually helps us grow our business further because you're just relaxed. And it's kind of, again, this, of course, attitude of like, yeah, I mean, it was kind of inevitable. I'm saying this really weird, but we all know which <laughs> word I mean. <laughs> but like, it's almost unavoidable that this moment came because we are in the game with devotion and joy and everything. And it's not like, oh my God, I did this. And it's funny, like at some point in my journey, I remember like I had this moment where I decided for myself, I need to stop calling my mom every time I make a sale Like at this point, that's just like playing small. Like it's awesome that I still get to celebrate it. But like the fact that I was always like messaging my mom or calling my mom, be like, yay, you know, so much. It really, I was making myself small by being like, wow, like it had this energy of mind blowing. Like, oh my God, someone has decided to come into my world and pay this much money, et cetera. And I really made a conscious decision. Like this is not, serving me this comes from the old me that's like you know having her own story and everything where 
she would have been mind blown that this happened. But Christina today doesn't think it's that spectacular. Like it is, but it's not, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, let me think. I did I did tell you I wrote down a bunch of notes of things that I feel like I want to speak to you about, but typical me, they're like all messy, so I have a hard time even writing them, uh, reading them myself. Um You're such but a what... Sagittarius. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really uh-huh. am. I really am. It's like, I mean, don't we all have this with our um, star signs that we're like, it's almost like you take on the identity because you know, but at the same time, I feel like literally all of the memes out there are inspired by me. (laughs) (laughs) And what was it? It was so funny. Also, last night I had like, I mean, you see a little bit of the bed here and I had like covered the entire bed in like shit like with all sorts of random shit that was flying around and then I said because obviously my boyfriend was sleeping next to me and he was like am I going to sleep in this bed tonight and I was like obviously I'm going to clean it up and he was like no that's so not obvious with you like you would be the person to just crawl into it I mean it's just clothes after all (laughs) and you would just sleep in the bed I was like yep typical sad moment but like fun fact my boyfriend me and our dog were all Sagittarius. So it's like a crazy household here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I feel them? like fire signs are were a little bit messy. Yeah. And I think the thing is we love it, right? Like I think we have this attitude, like we love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And it actually fits though with the question that I wrote down that I was like, I really um, am curious to hear what you say. And I think it could be really interesting for people to hear as well, because I feel like what we have in our industry, it, this big gap that maybe was consciously created at some point of like, these are the leaders and these are the losers, like to say it really harsh. Like there's <laughs> the big people making all the money, being super successful and everything. And they have all these amazing conversations behind closed doors. And here we are teaching the world how the world works. Very provocatively said. And therefore, I always like to dive into like the humanness of it all. Like, what are we wondering about? Like that everybody has their own struggles in a way. And if you're open to sharing I would love to hear because like you're so unapologetic. You have an unapologetic mastermind. What is something that you maybe want to become more unapologetic about currently? Mm. I'm just trying to think because I feel like I am always devoted to this, you know, because people see me as well as such a expander in this way perhaps celebrating myself like but with myself like just with me because I think one of the things that I do that maybe doesn't fully translate online is that I can't always see myself the way that other people see me don't we all yeah (laughs) yeah and I think especially like my girlfriend who's a human design reader told me that it's really important that I'm surrounded by generators and manifesting generators because they offer me a lot of like 
confirmation and a lot of reflection of how I impact them. Um, whereas I can't always see it for myself. And I think this is less about like, where do I want to be more unapologetic in the world, but more like, how do I want to unapologetically like own my success, my brilliance within myself? Because mm-hmm. I, on one level, I'm like, okay, yeah, Amy, we know you're a badass. Like you created a seven figure business out of nothing. You know, people ignored you in the beginning and now they like want to know, know you and want to like be friends with you. You know, like I've risen beyond my wildest expectations and done so many crazy things but I think I don't always stop and fully deeply recognize myself Mm. for the impact and I don't always fully recognize my power Um, and it's not that there's not confirmation of that because anytime I run any container or work with a client like People shower me in compliments, you know, and they they give me so much reflection, but it's almost like I don't unapologetically fully let that absorb because I'm always like, I can, I can do better next time. I can have a thousand people in the course next time, or like, I'm going to manifest this, you know? And so I think that's kind of a blessing and a curse in a way because it makes me really dedicated and really fierce but at the same time like I need to stop and smell the roses a bit more Mm -hmm. I love that and I think again this is something we're all always invited to do because I think yeah it's we all know at this point it's not about the outside confirmation but like how much confirmation are you giving yourself and I do feel like it is a lot like you said about taking that step back And reflect actually, like, what is my story? Where do I come from? Because I think especially like, that's what I've noticed for myself, especially as you grow and grow and grow, not just financially, but like mostly as a human, it's like you, you don't naturally look back because there are so many exciting things always ahead. So that's what you have your, your focus on. That's what you have your eyes on, which I guess is the the beauty of it that, that you described, but it's like, we do need to look back and like look back to the beginning of like, this is actually a little bit insane. <laughs> and like that gets to be celebrated and that gets to be celebrated a lot because actually one of my other previous mentors, she said, you don't get to where you want to be if you hate where you're at. And I mm-hmm. think this is so potent because even I'm just going to say like us successful women in quotation marks, I think like it never stops, right? There's always new goals. Like you say, oh, why didn't I get a thousand? Or I could have gotten a thousand people into this program. And I think it's not even always the hating where you're at, but it's like not acknowledging even where you're at in, in every direction. But I think what she said was so potent because it's like, yeah, it's still the place of gratitude that moves us forward and not like the hate. I mean, I do think the hate, even the self hate, as sad as it is, can really bring us forward sometimes because it's this moment of like, fuck it, I'm choosing a new reality. But I think the more pleasure filled way of growing is actually gratitude as cheesy as it sounds. In a way, it's always fucking gratitude, isn't it? It's like we forget it because it's so simple. Yeah, I mean, there's one other thing that I'm actually working on that I forgot to mention, and 
I just hired two different mentors for some healing that I want to do. I'm entering a year, a personal year in numerology, which is like the, the money year for me and like the success year. And I've been told by like so many readers and so many people that like I'm supposed to be famous in this lifetime. And I think that there's a deep part of me that's afraid of that. Like it, which people would just probably think is ridiculous because I'm so extra and like, I love being online. I'm like quintessential Leo, but it's like where I currently am, you know, 20,000 or so followers, like it's, it's like a comfortable level of being seen at the moment versus like, you know, millions of people being able to see me, criticize me, pick apart my words because I'm not for everyone. And I'm quite controversial of you think about what the normal person in society believes. And so I'm like doing some healing work around this because I believe in my ancestry that there's some fear around this, around being like seen on that level and being powerful on that level and having that much wealth uh, as, you know, the woman that I am in the lineage. And I feel like that's something I want to be deeply unapologetic with is like letting myself like channel these famous frequencies, letting people disagree, like letting people just see me as I am and giving my gifts to the world and to more and more people. So that's something that's kind of tender that I'm working with at the moment. Mm, I love that. And like, as so many times I can definitely resonate and it was actually something and that's been on my mind quite a lot because it's something I've noticed with myself when I first started hitting 10k months I really was noticing at some point that still feels safe like that makes me you know makes me good income but it's still like somehow accepted in society but like going beyond that and really going for the bigger numbers, that's like insane. And I wrote this in an Instagram post the other day. Like sometimes I'm really like, people pay me a small car, a brand new small car every month to work with me. So I earn per client a, a small car, a small new car every month. I mean, I don't even fully know car prices, but you know, that was kind of the vibe. And that was like, whoa, that is insane. And there came a lot of fear of like, well, now I'm like totally going off. Now I'm becoming totally unrelatable. And the truth is, I guess that's true. But at the same time, obviously we're not here. And I think this goes for everyone listening as well. We're not here to play by the standards, to play by the rules and I think at the same time, and maybe this is the same for you in terms of being famous and being seen in that, I think sometimes we forget that there will be a bit of a wall that we have to overcome to actually step into the bigness. Like not everyone will just clap and cheer you on as you become famous, as you become wealthy and all of that. And I think that's, again, why it's so important to be very, very much with you just being very much with yourself to know, okay, but this is still my path. And like, I am willing to go big. I'm willing to, you know, go even further outside the norm. And I can meet myself with love as I do it, knowing that like, this is not normal. People will think I'm crazy. Like, 
and not just the crazy <laughs> of like being a little bit messy or anything like they will think you're like full on crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I saw this great quote the other day, this influencer posted it. She was just like a fashion influencer. And I don't know, maybe she was getting some nasty DMs or something that inspired this, but she posted this graphic that said, imagine having a strong negative opinion about me and I don't even know who you are. I was like, that's <laughs> that's like fun energy to channel, I feel, when you're feeling like that fear of stepping into your bigness or your visibility because we see it all the time in our culture. You only have to be on Facebook for five minutes to see like, you know, if there's an article about a celebrity, there'll be a bunch of people that have a fully formed opinion on who this person is and it's like you literally haven't met them so how do you know and it's so funny because I think a lot of people probably those who unfollow me and think that I'm crazy but if you know me I am like such a grounded rational fair empathetic person and I just live how I want to live and I just choose consciously to not let other people's opinions, especially strangers, dictate my desires and how mm. I want to live. And I actually think that it's crazy that people think that those people are crazy, the people who have broken free from the systems, from the internalized oppression, from the people pleasing, and are just freely living their lives. But I also think it's human nature, right? We have seen this for thousands and thousands of years, like wars over a slight difference in religion. And like me, me and Tristan were talking about this last night. I was like, what's the difference between like this kind of Christianity and this kind of Catholic, um, you know, like following? And he's like, well, if you think about it, they all kind of believe in the same thing. They all acknowledge Jesus, but they just have like different versions of the story. And I'm like, people literally go to war and hate each other over like a different interpretation of the story right and it's like I just have this attitude of live and let live Mm. Um, but when you're the one who's living and breaking out of the box being unapologetically you there is that inner work that comes with it because even if you don't know someone it does hurt when someone judges you or projects onto you or leaves you a nasty message or write shit about you on the internet. And I think that's also part of the journey, you know, to becoming more unapologetic and being seen. And I'm still yeah. on that journey too. I think we all are forever. And I think that's something to acknowledge really, because I, I've definitely noticed with my clients, but also just with people in my community that there's like, like we spoke about with like the crazy big blowout moments where it's like, whoa, we are always seeking the, the crazy moment, the big like, no, it is solved. No, this is not a topic for me anymore. I'm done. Now I can live happily ever after. And that's just not how it works. And I feel like many times we actually block ourselves from the liberation that we're kind of already experiencing by not seeing it, by not acknowledging it. Like that was actually the moment. Like, I was making a super long Instagram story last night because I was like, I was creating story slides for a program I'm currently launching. And 
I was like, I was actually going to close the card and I was like, oh, well, let me just quickly like put a couple of slides. I want to share some stuff around it. And I was writing stuff and I was like, that is not my intention for this program. That was like the honorable society version of what I could dare to do in terms of money. And then I was like, honestly, my truth around money. And that's why I've created this program is like money gets to be fun. And we get to buy Chanel bags with money if that's what we desire. And we get to buy the Chanel bag and donate a lot if that's what we want. But we still wouldn't be bad people if we don't even donate. Like it's still okay to just enjoy money, enjoy our time on this planet. And like long story short, that that story, posting that story was my big breakthrough. And even just actually, it was the moment even on Canva where I was like, what the fuck am I writing? That's not my truth. <laughs> like, this is not how I see that. And it all sounded really beautiful. And like I said, like honorable and question uh, in quotation marks. But that was not my story. And in the moment where I was like going through the Canva slides, which, by the way, I did take like a couple of hours of a break and came back to it, which I think we should do more often. And I was like, that's not me. And in the moment where I noticed, I was like, honestly, I've just entered a new dimension, a new unapologetic energy of myself where it's like, honestly, I don't even think we need to want to do good things with money. Like I know as a woman that deeply cares about so many different things, I do and I always will. But I personally think it's actually totally cool not to do it. And I think it just holds the same old story and I'm kind of feeling like I'm talking about two topics at the same time now, <laughs> but it's actually just feeding the old story that I think we all want to break out of, of like, you only get to have what you want to have under certain circumstances. If even you only get to have money, if you're going to do good things with it, and then it's okay. And I think it just creates a new, slightly better story around a very old stinky problem in a sense but bottom line what I, I meant to say is like sometimes it's a fucking canvas slide that is your breakthrough moment you know and it's not the and like you feel something crazy or you have like some visions during breath work or anything like that sometimes it's as simple as that and we get to acknowledge that was the transformation that's it awesome cool new me new day new me wonderful yeah mm. let me think if there's anything else I would or maybe you want to comment on anything like it I will quickly have a look into my notes if there's anything else that I really wanted to cover while trying to be able to read my own words did I ask you what do you wish entrepreneur scaling to seven figures knew I don't no, think you did. didn't <laughs> well, Amy, what, what do you wish? <laughs> what do you wish every entrepreneur knew about scaling to seven figures? I wish that everybody knew that it's going to happen through being unapologetically, fully, authentically you. And there's many ways to do it. But what I would say is that the most expansive, fulfilling, joyful way to do it is to do it being you. 
So not just like marketing yourself in a way that feels trendy or like her in quote marks, trying to be like them, actually just being being aware that you just as you are, even if you're not like these other leaders that you look up to, even if your way is you with no makeup and sweatpants on, like there are people who want what you've got, but they can't find you if you have this veneer up. So you don't have to be all fancy or to do things in a certain way. Like I'm a fancy bitch, but this is literally how I am. Like I would be like this if I didn't do my job or even if I wasn't on Instagram, I'd be wearing the ball gowns in my house because I've just been like this since I was young, right? But it's like, don't compare yourself to someone um, that's wildly different to you. Just amplify who you already are and then hire help, hire mentors, hire a team who can just help you to magnify that, not to fix you, not to like transport you into some other thing that you're not. Just hone down on what makes you you. And the biggest tip with this is like usually the thing that you're afraid of, the thing that you hide because you're like, that's the thing about myself that I have shame around. That is usually the thing that will make people love you. Like whenever I've pulled on these threads, the thing, the things about myself that I think are fucking cringe, right? I'll be like, okay, let's just turn the volume up on that one for a sec. I constantly like get people telling me like, that's the reason that I work, worked with you. That's the reason that I joined this. So like, that's what made me love and trust you. And I think that it's like, I think it's a roomy quote. And it's like the wound is where the light gets in. Mm-hmm. Or you could say like your wounds are where your true power is, your true light, the weird things that make you you. Um, And that's what's going to make you wildly successful. But not only that, you're going to feel really fucking satisfied and fulfilled and proud of yourself because you did it your way. You don't just have seven figures in your bank account and you're a seller and you're like, I don't even recognize myself. It's like, oh my gosh, people paid me that to just be like a fucking weirdo. (laughs) You know, people paid me that even though like I'm, you know, this or that. And that's like a really yummy sweet spot to be as an entrepreneur and pretty revolutionary because there's not that many people in the world who can say that they can be unapologetically themselves at work and then hit a seven-figure salary oh my god totally and you actually like now dove into another question that I was going to ask you uh as well to wrap this up which is what do you feel makes your business so enjoyable because I think now you tapped into it But it's still, I feel like, a bit of a different question. When I reflect, my business is exactly what I wrote down in the very first journal page that I envisioned having a business. And when I did this journaling exercise, I didn't know what business I was going to start. I was, like, crying into my journal because I just got fired from a job that I hated The sadness, right? Yeah. (laughs) Getting fired from a job you hate. I know. It was terrible. (laughs) And, um, and like hilariously, like the week before I just bought a Saint Laurent bag and it was like, I don't know, it was like 4,000 euros, which like I had no business buying a bag then. Like I, I don't even think I was earning that a month. Right. At this job. And, and I, I just kind of did it. And I was like, it's fine. because I've got this job. And, and then I get fired a week later. So I was like, fuck. 
So I'm journaling and I'm like, okay, fuck this. I've, and I'd lost a job before that, that I'd moved overseas for. And then they took the job off her back. So it was like these two things in a row. And I was like, I'm failing at things that I don't even fully want. So then I had this moment of like, okay, well, if I'm going to fucking fail and be crying in my journal and not know how to pay my rent, it better be that I'm doing something that I actually care about, that actually matters. And so what I wrote without any idea of what the business would be was I started with how do I want my dream business or my dream life to feel like? And I wrote things like, you know, I love being able to wake up whenever I want and I don't have to rush to the gym and then put all the sweaty, disgusting clothes in the bag and then take the bag to work. You know, I want to be able to like have time to wash my hair before I start my work day. I want to be able to just have lunch, have sex in the middle of the day and go to Italy whenever I want and just make my own rules and not have to answer to anyone. And these are my favorite things. Like, of course, the number one favorite is like the women that I get to work with, the work that we do, the depth of it all, the healing, the transformations. But like that other piece around the lifestyle, the freedom, not having to answer to anyone, like that's still the vision, you know, that's that's how I'm living now. So yeah, thank you to pass me for writing it down. <laughs> Totally. And I think this was such a nice bridge too from the previous question, because like in my head, I was like, I wonder if people now wonder, so weird, like, I wonder if people now wonder like, yeah, but what do you do if you don't have the financial means, for example, to live all of that? But I think like, well, listen to the previous question again. And that is how you get there. And one thing I want to add actually to that whole part Because I know, again, this is what a lot of people struggle with. And I've definitely struggled with in the past too. It's like, allow yourself to change like over and over and over. I do believe and feel exactly what you said. Like, I think we just know what we want always. Like when I was 15, I remember like being at the airport with my family being like, I want to fly business class. Why would I sit <laughs> in a fucking chair on an airplane squished between all these people when there's a bed on an airplane, like that's what I want. <laughs> And I've always had this, this knowing in me, like I, I was meant to be rich, like really, really rich. And I was meant to have money. I was meant to experience luxury. And the only thing that happened over time is that I didn't allow myself to have it. I didn't allow myself to want it, but I could, by the way, really resonate with your story of the Yves Saint Laurent bag, because I did the same with the Louis Vuitton bag. It was like literally all the money I had. And it was so funny. Actually, I was in Primark. I don't know how old I was. I was studying still. And like, the thing is I barely ever had money. Like I was always good at spending, but I also just didn't have a lot And I was in Primark, again, typical, typical Sagittarius moment. I feel like I was in Primark with my friends and I was like, I don't like anything here. I think I'm going to go to Louis Vuitton and buy a bag there. <laughs> and literally I took all of my money. And then in the shop, the lady showed me a different bag that I really liked. And then I asked for the price that someone, I was like, oh, I don't have that in my bank account, but I do have that much. And I really like this bag. So I went from Primark to Louis Vuitton and bought the bag, but that's not the point. But I think in a way, we always have this inner knowing. I deeply believe we all know what we want. And that's what we 
just get to listen to. And I think at the same time, we should allow ourselves to change every day. While the the wanting and who we are always kind of stays the same, I think we have always nuances and different facets that sometimes want to be expressed more than other times. And I think this is so important to remember in life, but also especially in business, like you can do, like we spoke in the beginning, you can send the fucking cold DM tomorrow if that's your vibe and then decide, actually, it's not my vibe anymore. I don't want to do this. And there doesn't need to be any shame or judgment. Like that was you yesterday. And that was right yesterday. Today, that's the truth. Or like, you can be very strategic one day and then like be super unstrategic and just let your wild feminine woman like do the talking or whatever. And I think it's so important to remember because I see a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those who don't have that like outside proof that what they do is working. They, they're always like, oh, but now I need to stick with that. And I know in the beginning, we also talked about like stick with the stuff a little bit longer but stick with what's aligned, not with what you said you would or should do. And I think with that, we always get to check in, like, is this actually who I want to be today? And that could be different tomorrow. That could be different in 10 minutes. You're always allowed to change your mind. And I think that's the whole vibe too of unapologetic business. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the question to ask is like, if I was making loads of money from this way and I'd make the exact same amount from this way, which would feel better, right? Because like maybe you'd be like, oh, well, if I was cold DMing and I made loads of money, then I'd probably just be happy. But then it's like, but what if you could make the same without doing that? Would that feel better? Probably for a lot of people, right? And I want to just circle back to what you were saying around, you know, people at the beginning and not having money to live the freedom lifestyle. The coaching industry, especially like there is literally no room for this excuse. You can make a six or multi six figure business through having a phone. Most people have a phone, right? You can put Canva on your phone. You can do your videos, your calls on the phone. Like so often we externalize our power to the circumstances. I had no money when I started the business. I'd spend it all on on the Yves Saint Laurent bag. I was crying into my Yves Saint Laurent handbag on the side of the road, you know. I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, you know. And when I started my business, I really just want to say this. I had three jobs and I was doing a certification and I would see clients at night and do free talks around London like several times a week. Like I was definitely more in like a hustle period back then, but it didn't feel like hustle because Mm. I felt like so committed to my dream. And I was like excited to finish my, you know, job making smoothies where the clients were treating me like I was a piece of shit. And then like going and speaking on a stage that night in front of like 10 people or 20 people, however many it was. Like you are not your excuses. Your potential is not limited by your circumstances. Your potential is not limited by the amount of money in your bank account. Like sure, if you have that, maybe you get like a head start, but only you determine where you're going to go. There's plenty of people with trust funds who completely blow it and fuck it up and don't do anything with themselves. And there are so many people who have started with no money, no contacts, 
no idea what they're doing, who have just been committed to their vision and figure it out. So there's just a bit of tough love because if you make those factors outside of you, like money, time, contacts, networking, if you make that more powerful than your own personal power, like you won't, you won't go very far. But if you decide like I'm powerful because I decided and I want to create this, you're going to go the distance. Oh you're going to create a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. And the quote just comes to my mind. I read it once and I think it fits so perfectly here. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where we water it. And I think that's like the giant difference like you just described. It's like you take your own power, you water your fucking grass and you get beautiful green grass and you no longer care what the other grass is doing to like keep that going. Yeah, totally feeling that. And I think especially for our people, because I think we represent a lot of feminine business and flow and fun and pleasure and all these things. I think sometimes we we do need that little bit of tough love because I think what we both embody And I felt that, especially now that you were sharing that is like, we were all in from day one. And I think there's sometimes this negative connotation in the feminine business world where it's like, oh, but now I'm hustling. And exactly like you said, it didn't feel like a hustle. And I think that's where everyone is invited. If you resonate with this to like check in is this hustle that actually feels good, which I always like to think that's just the fiery feminine energy too, where it's like, yes, that's connected with a purpose. There's like the hustle, there's the masculine energy, which is not bad, but it's also for me, the symbol of like the woman standing naked in the fire, just being like, boom, baby, I'm here to change the world. And I think, yeah, that's where you really get to check in with yourself Am I just not allowing myself to hustle at this point? Am I not allowing myself to do the work? And I think you just made um, a post about this the other day. Like it really resonated with me as well around like, wasn't it about like, I feel like people hate working at this point, something like that. Yeah, I just made a bit of a spicy one just saying like how there's this allergic reaction to doing any work in business in the feminine coaching world. And It wasn't like directed at anyone specifically, but I think that it's like, it's almost become this like cool thing where it's like, oh, I didn't do anything. And I had like a six figure launch. And it's like a lot of the time you did do something or the person you're looking up to who's marketing that, like they were in business for eight years and they built a reputation, you know, and they have worked and they do deeply commit themselves to their businesses that they're not doing it in like a really um, depleting way. But I think that that's the thing with social media. People take things at face value or they take their interpretation of the words and then they don't do anything. And then they go, well, why isn't it working for me? Um, and I think there's also a bit of a culture of like instant gratification where people want to just be at six or seven figures overnight and they haven't actually realized like all the heart soul tears sweat that has gone into building a business that operates and magnetizes in that way um 
And I also love business. And so it like makes me sad that people want to have a business because they want all the perks, but they don't want to do anything. It's like, I want 10 Ferraris, but like, (laughs) I know that no one's going to just give them to me, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I think it's like something that we get to look at and look at like what's actually beneath this. Um, And I love that you were talking about redefining hustle and redefining what that means in a feminine context because if you think about the different feminine archetypes think about for example the huntress or the mother they're doing lots of things right they're like hunting and hiding and looking and like being determined and the mother is like being a nurturer, but at the same time, a space holder and a grounded force and keeping the home and being devoted. And so I think it's good for us to think about what our own unique definitions are for our feminine energy and not making ourselves wrong for those periods where we are like committed and deeply working towards what we want and just making sure we're nourishing ourselves in that process. But I think the world we live in is so binary, isn't it? It's like either you're a girl boss or you're like feminine energy queen and you can't be both. And it's like, well, I operate in all these dimensions. And that's the liberation, isn't it? Like that's what you said before. That's to me the, the normal. And the more people I get to work with, the more I realize everyone has at least two very polar opposite sides to them where they feel like they need to choose. And it's exactly like you say, it's the world we live in, but like, that's the weird thing. (laughs) It's not weird to be like the Barbie and the rock star. It's not weird to love the Chanel and the Oracle cards, you know, all of these things. It's weird that we feel like that's not okay. Mm. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And I really feel like, what I what drew me to you and what I love about you is that I feel like you actually own that. You own the multidimensionality. I think I even learned this word from you because I'm not an English <laughs> native speaker. <laughs> so thank you for that. And I really feel like you own that. And as you were like briefly saying before, I really feel like with you, people that get to know you, it's like you're so loving, you're so warm, you're so tender. And like I don't get how people could like dislike someone like that because they love Chanel. Like, that's the weird (laughs) stuff. (laughs) I just, I don't understand it. Yeah. You know, I think, I don't even think it's ever about the thing that we're projecting onto, like, liking Chanel, or because I do a certain thing. I think it's because people can't put a pin in me. Like, I'm not, I'm not easily defined. You don't know how I'm going to show up. I can be a bit of a mystery to some people. And I also think that sometimes that I don't give a fuck attitude gets misconstrued into like, well, you don't care about anything. And Mm -hmm. like you said, and anyone who knows me, I deeply care about people. Like I would cry more for other people than I ever do for myself. Like I don't feel sorry for myself. It's like I have a bleeding heart for everyone else. I am deeply compassionate and I really, really care about other people. And I think about what other people need and how I can like serve and protect them. And, you know, I'm in, I'm a typical Leo. I'm like fierce on the outside, but I'm like a 
bag of love on the inside. But the I don't give a fuck mentality is like, I'm going to live how I want to live and I'm not going to base how I live on other people's unfounded, unresourced, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about opinions when I don't even know or care about them or like have a relationship with them. So I think it's like, that's the difference. The I don't give a fuck mentality is about like being unapologetically you, not taking on shit that's not yours to take on and then giving your fucks and giving your love and your care to the people who you are in relationship with that you really, um, you know, want to see when to the people that you love um, rather than just, you know, throwing all your energy elsewhere. And so I think sometimes that gets confused. Totally, totally. And I think that's just what you said earlier. That's sometimes the matter of deciding. That's not something we need to go into crazy journeys always. That's just like, I decide that's not my, that's not my style. That's not my gem. Anyhow, let's wrap this up. Is there anything else you want to share with the world, with the listeners today, right now? Or do you feel like everything has been set and shared? I feel like we covered so much. I mean, you can come and find me on Instagram. Uh, At the moment, I'm launching Pleasure Empress. So I'm all about that at the moment. And I have my own podcast, The Amy Rushworth Show. So come and say hey if you want to play. Awesome. Yes. Go find that podcast. It's one of the ones I listen to a lot. And I feel like I'm not a very good subscriber with many podcasts, but I feel like your podcast is something I always land eventually. And then I'm like, damn, there's five new episodes now that I get to listen to. But yeah, yeah, highly recommend. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sure the people will be able to take out lots and lots of things. And yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me.